Welcome to Watchmen on the Wall, a daily outreach of Southwest Radio Ministries and SWRC.com. Today on the program, Josh Davis will be here ready to answer important Bible prophecy questions about what we see happening in Israel. Watchmen on the Wall is presented each day on almost 700 radio signals, as well as online and as a podcast. You can also access our programs at the websites oneplace.com and sermonaudio.com. Expanding our reach on these brand new platforms is only possible because of you. Your prayers and financial support keep us going and allow us to introduce the truth of the gospel to brand new people every day. And a special hello to all of our new friends who are listening for the first time. Whether you're listening on the radio or online, if you're new to Watchmen on the Wall, make sure you request your free new listener pack. The pack includes a welcome letter, history of the ministry, the latest issue of our Prophetic Observer newsletter, and a free gift. Get your free new listener pack by simply calling 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. Is the war in Israel the Psalm 83 war? Is this the Ezekiel 38-39 war? What needs to happen before the rapture? And where should our focus be as we watch these events unfold? Josh Davis is here, ready to answer these important questions. September 11th, 2001. The mere mention of that date typically brings a flood of emotional memories to Americans who are old enough to remember how America was attacked on what would have been just another normal day. And when the terrorists destroyed about 3,000 American lives, our nation was instantly and indelibly changed from that point forward. A war against terrorism began, which continues to this present day. Well, October the 7th, 2023 now rings with the same similar gut-wrenching tone to Israelis. And when the populations of the United States of America and Israel are compared, the loss of life that Israel experienced on October the 7th would be equal to over, get this, a dozen September 11th attacks, or roughly 40,000 U.S. citizens. These atrocious actions by the terrorists upon Israel are brutal, they're disgusting, it's pure evil. And the evil that the terrorists brought upon innocent people cannot be condemned in strong enough language. It's as bad as anything that Hitler and his Nazi party forced upon the Jewish people. And God told us in Psalm 122, verse 6, to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. We have certainly intensified those prayers since October 7th. And on the Watchman on the Wall radio program, we have been sharing with you updates from Israel, updates about things that are happening. But we have also been receiving numerous questions. Where does this line up with Bible prophecy? People are hungry to know, what does God's Word have to say about this? Is this part of the fulfillment of specific Bible prophecies? What about Psalm 83? What about Ezekiel 38 and 39? What about this scripture? What about that scripture? And so on today's program, I want to share some of that biblical insight with you as we turn to the pages of scripture and see what does God's word have to say about these issues. And so I want to help us to understand what scripture says, but I also want to help us understand where our focus needs to be in these days that we live in. And by the way, this is an adaptation 
of part of a Prophecy in the News magazine article. It's going to be in issue number 17. And you can visit prophecyinthenews.com and pick up a subscription to the magazine if you don't already have one. We always include lots of great biblical content like what I'm sharing with you today. Again, the message that I'm sharing today is largely an adaptation of the article for issue 17 of the Prophecy in the News magazine, where I unpack this in great detail and walk through some of these passages of Scripture. Now, Before we jump into answering questions about Ezekiel 38 and 39 and Psalm 83 and some of the other passages, let me give you a couple of important prophecy perspectives to set the foundation for this discussion. First, Southwest Radio Ministries believes that God still has future plans for the nation of Israel. We utterly reject replacement theology that teaches the church has replaced Israel and God's future plans. Dr. Larry Spargimino has spoken at length and written at length about these kinds of issues. These theological misinterpretations of many scriptures, they twist scriptures out of context. They misunderstand God. They misunderstand Israel. They misunderstand the program of God in scripture. And so we utterly reject that kind of replacement theology. Secondly, we approach Bible prophecy with a strong commitment to the premillennial and pre-tribulation rapture perspective. And so I mentioned this at the outset because some of the questions and the answers that I will unwrap for you in today's program come from people who share that same commitment with us, and they're wondering, where do these things line up according to God's Word? So some of my answers won't make sense if you don't first understand the perspective that I'm coming from. So with that established, let's jump into understanding these texts of Scripture. Number one, is this the Psalm 83 war? Now, if you're not familiar with Psalm 83, I'd encourage you to turn there. I'm just going to mention a couple verses in passing, like verse 6 and 7 of Psalm 83. It says, The tabernacles of Edom and the Ishmaelites of Moab and the Hagarines, Gebal and Ammon and Amalek and the Philistines with the inhabitants of Tyre. It talks about this coalition that will come against Israel and seek to destroy them. Is what we're seeing here in Israel currently, where we sit today, the Psalm 83 war? No, not at this point. And several of the places mentioned in those verses I just read are not currently engaged in this war. For example, out of verse 6 and 7 that I just read, it mentioned Edom and Moab and Ammon. All those are in modern-day Jordan. Thus far, Jordan has remained out of this war. If you joined the programs where I was interviewing Avi Lipkin just over a week ago, I asked him specifically, what is Jordan doing, their perspective? And he mentioned thus far they've stayed out of it, and that remains true, that they have stayed out of this at this point. And part of our ministry team spent almost two weeks filming Bible teaching projects in Israel and Jordan in early September. The October 7th terrorist attack occurred less than four weeks after we returned back home. And while we were in Israel and in Jordan, we learned a lot about the modern history of conflict between these two countries. And did you know that Israel pumps billions, billions with a B, billions of gallons of water into Jordan every single year? This agreement was reached since the Sea of Galilee is inside of Israel's border. Water is very scarce in Jordan. 
So if they entered the war against Israel, the loss of this water supply would severely hurt the Jordanian citizens and the Jordanian government and all of its businesses. It would cripple the country of Jordan without this water supply, billions of gallons every single year. So although some Jordanians are protesting against Israel, thus far the government has remained out of this you know, even beyond that, Jordan has asked the U.S. to continue its military defense presence to shield it from terrorist strikes that may be aimed at Israel, but would inadvertently fall into Jordan's territory. With all that Jordan stands to lose by entering into this war against Israel, at this point, it seems unlikely that Jordan will fight against Israel. What we witness today is not the fulfillment of Psalm 83. Some Bible teachers have suggested that the Psalm 83 war was actually already fulfilled in modern history back in 1948 when Israel became a nation. A lot of these groups in these regions were targeted against Israel, and all these countries stood against Israel in an attempt to block their national rebirth following World War II. Now, that begs the question, could there still be another future fulfillment of Psalm 83? Certainly there could be. However, what we're witnessing right now from where we stand today, this is not the Psalm 83 war. And friends, I do thank you for joining me. Today is often called Black Friday. We're going to jump into Ezekiel 38 and 39 as we continue, but let me remind you that what I'm sharing with you is largely from our Prophecy in the News magazine, an article I wrote for issue number 17. You can subscribe to the magazine by going to prophecyinthenews.com. That's prophecyinthenews.com. There's options for a one-year subscription, two-year subscription, three-year subscription, or even a lifetime subscription. And what we're seeing is amazing. As subscriptions continue to grow, we're also seeing people who have signed on for one or two years say, hey, just go ahead and give me that lifetime subscription. I love the content that you all are producing. And so we're grateful for our friends who have gotten that lifetime subscription to the Prophecy in the News magazine. We have content like this every single issue for you. We encourage you to get your subscription to the Prophecy in the News magazine. Again, you can do that by going to prophecyinthenews.com. Also, go to swrc.com. Today, many people are out Christmas shopping and all the Black Friday deals. Well, Head over to swrc.com and you'll see some special deals that we have running. If you go to swrc.com backslash Christmas 2023, that's swrc.com backslash Christmas 2023, you'll see a lot of special gifts that we have from Israel. We're trying to partner with some Israeli businesses and contacts that we have to help them survive this war and the economy that is happening in Israel. The businesses are largely shut down in certain industries, and so we're trying to help them by offering some of the products that they sell, and that is available at swrc.com backslash Christmas 2023, along with a collection of other special gifts that we have. There's some special deals that'll be on our website all weekend long. Go to swrc.com. Our phone number, of course, is 1-800-652-1144, 1-800-652-1144. Now let's pick back up with Ezekiel 38 and 39. This is the big question that a lot of people have right now. Is what we're witnessing 
the fulfillment of Ezekiel 38 and 39. Let me say it this way, and I want to explain what I mean by this, and so I hope that you'll hear me out. I believe, no, it is not the fulfillment of Ezekiel 38 and 39. Now, Bible scholars who hold to a premillennial and pre-tribulation rapture perspective have a lot of different opinions about the exact timing of the Ezekiel 38 and 39 war. And admittedly, it's, it's a passage that requires a lot of deep thought, a lot of cross-referencing. Where are these people and places mentioned elsewhere in Scripture and tying Scripture with Scripture, comparing Scripture with Scripture, and understanding this in light of the whole scheme of Bible prophecy. So it's a daunting task to correctly interpret this passage of Scripture, but most agree on one thing. It will occur after the rapture of the church. Let me say that again. Most premillennial, pre-tribulation Bible-believing scholars Although they may time the events of Ezekiel 38 and 39 slightly differently, most of them believe that it will not occur until after the rapture of the church. So the very presence of the church and the fact that the rapture hasn't happened yet clues us into the fact that this is not the Ezekiel 38 and 39 war. There are a small few who argue that the events of Ezekiel 38 and 39 will occur just before the rapture, and the great tribulation. But there are several interpretive problems with that view. For example, Ezekiel makes it clear that when this war breaks out, Israel is going to be at peace. And God told Gog in Ezekiel 38, verse 11, And thou shalt say, I will go up to the land of unwalled villages. I will go to them that are at rest, that dwell safely, all of them dwelling without walls and having neither bars nor gates. Notice that this verse tells us that Israel is living without city walls, without bars, without gates. Peace will give them a sense of security at this time. Does this fit with what we saw leading up to the attacks on October 7th? Absolutely not. While our team was in Israel, just about four weeks before the attack took place, we saw daily reminders of the constant tension that the citizens live under. We saw the presence of the Israeli defense forces in full armor, with guns constantly with them in most of the cities that we visited while in Israel. There are walls, there are gates, there's barbed wire. These are ever-present reminders of the need for Israelis to protect themselves, to protect their property. And as the world learned after these attacks on October the 7th, that Israel must stay on a constant state of high alert for these attacks by various terrorist groups. So, friends, this fact alone should make us realize this is not the Ezekiel 38 and 39 war. Israel was not living at peace, as it says in Ezekiel 38, 11. But it doesn't stop there. There are other interpretive problems with the view that Ezekiel 38 and 39 will occur just before the rapture and the Great Tribulation. At the very end of Ezekiel chapter 39. I'm not going to take the time to read that, but I would encourage you to look up Ezekiel 39 verses 25 to 29 and understand what this scripture promises. It's indicating that after this war, Israel will dwell safely in their land forever and forever and forever. How could God promise such a thing if the great tribulation is still future? 
if the battle of Ezekiel 38 and 39 is going to happen before the Great Tribulation, and all the things that happen during the Great Tribulation we know is not going to be peace and happiness and safety. There's going to be tremendous war, tremendous conflict after that. So these interpretive clues lead us to our conclusion that what we're seeing before us is not the Ezekiel 38 and 39 war. So how could God make that promise if the Great Tribulation is still future? The land of Israel is going to witness some horrific battles during the Great Tribulation period. Now, some have suggested the places mentioned in Ezekiel 38 verse 3, Meshech and Tubal, are references to the Russian cities, Meshech to Moscow, Tubal to Tobolsk, simply because they sound similar. However, the interpreter, I believe, is forced to read those current Russian cities back into the text of Scripture. Let me explain how Bible study works, and let me explain where this view seems to have come from. C.I. Schofield, who lived from 1843 to 1921, popularized this view in his well-known Schofield Study Bible. Perhaps you've got the Schofield Study Bible at your house, and you can look this up, Ezekiel 38 and 39, and see his exact references there. Sadly, I believe he allowed the geopolitical situation of his day to guide his interpretation of Ezekiel's prophecy. Israel was not a nation when Schofield first published his study Bible back in 1909. World War I, World War II were still future. His notes on this passage are still harming Bible students' interpretations of this passage to this present day. And so this underlines for us how important it is to accurately handle God's Word. Future generations could be led astray from biblical truth if we mishandle Scripture. We've got to invest the time. We've got to invest the effort, the hard work to properly understand Scripture What does it mean? What is the message that it's conveying to us? So when we read the current geopolitical situation back into the Bible, well, friends, we're committing a highly dangerous interpretive practice. It's going to lead us to significant misunderstandings of Scripture and misapplications of the teachings of God's Word. So instead, the interpreter needs to start with the text of Ezekiel and discover where these places were when Ezekiel wrote these words. When he wrote Meshach and Tubal, where were these places in Ezekiel's day? That'll help us to understand what Ezekiel meant by these names. Now, we don't have the time to unpack all of this in a detailed explanation on today's program, but let me give you a couple of helpful hints to get you started in studying this out and digging it out on your own more and more and more. The first mention of these terms, Meshach and Tubal, is found in Genesis chapter 10, verse 2. And this verse explains that Meshach and Tubal were two of the sons of Japheth, who was Noah's son. Other biblical and historical data seems to suggest that their descendants settled in the regions near what we would call modern-day Turkey, Iran, and possibly southern Russia, more closely aligned with the modern-day countries of Georgia that's right there in that vicinity, which is close to the Black Sea and the Caspian Sea. And so once again, we cannot give into the temptation to read our current geopolitical understanding back into the text of Scripture. That's dangerous 
Bible interpretation practice. We got to stay away from that temptation. Don't be biblically misinformed, friends. What we witness happening in Israel right now is not the Ezekiel 38-39 war. This war is yet to come. I don't believe the church will be here to see the Ezekiel 38-39 war. And that leads us to our next question. What needs to happen before the rapture of the church? The answer is simple. Absolutely nothing needs to happen. We've got to remember there are no prophetical signs that precede the rapture of the church. No war has to take place. No new technology has to be developed. Certainly no blood moons need to appear in the sky. We write, we speak about these things, the push for globalism, so much here at SWRC and Prophecy in the News and all of our affiliate ministries. And we see the conditioning of our world for the Antichrist's rules. And so if we see the stage being set, then we know the rapture of the church must be that much closer. I know many Christians who have grown weary of being rapture ready. And they grow tired of hearing all these warnings. And you know what that really reveals? It really reveals a wrong perspective. The purpose of the rapture is to take us to be with Jesus forever and forever and forever. The bride will finally get to be with her groom. Why would we grow weary hearing about the groom? If a bride grows weary about planning her wedding, she's got to remind herself that she's getting ready to marry the love of her life. They're going to get to enjoy sharing life together from that day forth. And when she gets bogged down with all the minutiae of wedding planning and all the details and the decisions and everything else, she's got to remind herself why she's getting married in the first place and whom she's going to get to be with from that point forward. Friends, the church has to do the same thing. I do thank you for joining me today, and I want to encourage you to visit swrc.com. That's swrc.com. You'll find several special deals going on this weekend. If you go to swrc.com backslash Christmas 2023, you can find some special Christmas gifts that you can pick up for others. What I'm sharing with you largely is coming from our Prophecy in the News magazine, an article that I wrote for issue number 17 of the Prophecy in the News magazine and discussing these kinds of things. And we always look at God's truth through the lens of Scripture in every issue of the Prophecy in the News magazine. You can pick up a subscription of the magazine for yourself or buy a gift subscription for someone as a Christmas gift by going to prophecyinthenews.com. That's prophecyinthenews.com. We have options for a one-year subscription, two-year subscription, three-year subscription, or a lifetime subscription. Again, that's prophecyinthenews.com. You can reach us by phone, 1-800-652-1144. As we wrap up our time together today, let me remind you of this last question. Where should our focus be? Now that we understand these things in light of the Bible, in light of what God's Word has to say, where does our focus need to be in these days? People need the gospel of Jesus Christ right now more than ever. I'm praying for the peace of Jerusalem. But friends, do you know the greatest peace Jerusalem needs is not the absence of war. It's the presence of Jesus the Messiah. I pray that this war will open the eyes and the hearts of many in the Middle East to their need for Jesus Christ as their Savior. I encourage you, would you join me in prayer to this end? The gospel 
is always our first focus as Christians. If we're in the final two minutes of this ball game, as some people call it, we've got to give it our all until the Lord calls us home. We are here on earth for such a time as this, as the book of Esther tells us, for such a time as this. So let's take advantage of this present moment we have to advance God's truth around the world. This is not the time to sit on the sidelines. This is not the time to remain silent. This is the time to speak God's truth in love, to speak up, to speak out, to go forward in this moment. We need to ask ourselves some important questions as we proceed. Are our Bible prophecy questions motivated by fear? Have we allowed the news to scare us so much that we're desperately flipping through our Bibles, we're desperately scrolling through YouTube videos to figure out the answers to ease our fears? Friends, cling to God. He is greater than all. God is still on the throne, and prayer changes things. God is greater than all our fears. He's greater than all our enemies. He's greater than all our obstacles. Is our quest to answer these kinds of questions drawing us closer to God? Are we more interested in breaking headlines than we are in truly understanding God's Word? These are challenging. These are convicting questions that we've got to come face to face with. Why do I want to know? Is this Ezekiel 38, 39? Is this Psalm 83? Is it just intellectual curiosity? Or do we truly want to draw closer to God through this study? You know, God gave us His Word to reveal Himself to us. The study of Bible prophecy ought to propel us closer and closer and closer to the heart of God. I once had a conversation with a missionary about a fellow minister that we both knew. I made the passing comment that our mutual friend in ministry loved to study Bible prophecy. This seasoned missionary replied to me, No, he likes the news. He knew this man better than I did, but his comment was very revealing. Yes, we have to stay informed. We cannot be salt and light when we withdraw from the world or when we ignore the headlines. That's not what I'm advocating. However, if our love for the news drowns out our love for the Lord, we will not minister effectively in this world for the cause of Christ. Let me leave you with the words of Titus chapter 2, verse 13, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Learn more about Bible prophecy and the impact world events are having in our monthly publications, the Prophetic Observer Newsletter, and the Prophecy in the News magazine. Both provide insightful analysis on the news of the day in light of Scripture. Be informed and encouraged. Subscribe today when you call 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. As we're getting closer to the Christmas season, be sure and visit the gift section of our website, swrc.com. Gifts from Israel as well as books and DVDs that will inform and encourage your family and friends. Visit swrc.com today. That's swrc.com. Lord willing, we'll be back here Monday ready to once again bring clarity to the chaos. Head into the weekend, my friends, with the encouragement that God is still on the throne and prayer changes things. Watchman on the Wall is a production of Southwest Radio Ministries and is supported by faithful listeners like you. Visit 
swrc.com. That's swrc.com.